This is Wessler Media. Just knowing that a whole new neonatal program exists at Lifeline of Ohio because of him, um, because of our efforts to to make sure that he was able to leave that type of legacy, um, is overwhelming sometimes to to think about his long-term impact. From Lifeline of Ohio, this is To Be Continued, stories of life, loss, and legacy. A podcast produced in partnership with Wessler Media. One of the odd things about life is how we can wake up in the morning with a relative degree of certainty of what to expect during the day. You're going along just fine, then out of nowhere, something routine and seemingly normal changes and alters your day, even your life, from that moment forward. For one couple, they had a day that had permanent impact, but six months later, they experienced 25 hours that brought a new arrival, painful loss, and the new beginning. I'm Adam Calhoun. So I'm Kelly Calhoun, formerly Kelly Walden. Me as a person, um, trying to think of what else to say, uh, I'm, I generally try to be pretty positive and uh, I, I try to find humor and stuff. Um, he's very funny. He won't say it, but he's hilarious. Uh, and so that's kind of a, a guiding principle for me. It's just, to, I, I don't want to be like, you know, super optimistic to the point of being like saccharine sweet where people are just like, oh, that guy. <laughs> but, um, and I think that played a role in our whole situation with Noah was trying to find some positive uh, that could come from that, from that situation. Josie was 15 months old when we found out I was pregnant. We were very excited. And then at when Josie was 18 months old, so when I was about three months pregnant, with Noah um, is when we got his diagnosis. The doctor came in and kind of made small talk and then um, her face, her expression certainly changed. I gathered my things and as soon as I pushed open the door to, to go to my car, I called Adam and I was just crying walking to my car. So I got a phone call after the appointment, assuming that it was just sort of a, hey, here's what happened, you know, everything's good. And the nurse saw something in the ultrasound that gave her some pause and wanted us to get us checked out. And I, I think at the time, my immediate reaction was, okay, well, what day is that scheduled for? And she was like, it's happening now. She said that she wanted to send me over to see um, the high-risk doctors over at the hospital. They have... Um, better equipment, they could see with more detail what was going on. Doctor came in um, and he sort of reviewed some things and um, I think he said, you know, there's a problem with with the baby's skull. He, He just sort of started to lead us into it. And I said, is it bad? And he sort of nodded and I said, is it really bad? And then he said that this condition is not compatible with life outside the womb. And that phrase is just not one that I ever dreamed I would hear in my life. It's just not something that um, that I had ever considered was even a possibility. You know, we sat in this this doctor's office and, you know, he, he gave us our space after that. I, I really don't think there was much... Um, information from from him beyond you know this is a condition that's 
uh, not compatible with life outside the womb and you guys have sort of a decision on your hands to make and you have um, you guys have to work that out with between yourselves and so we we sat there for a little while and at some at some point there wasn't really anything else we could do at the doctor's office though and so we decided to grab some extra tissues and, and head to our cars and it was just so shocking that we wanted something normal I think and so like Adam's parents offered to pick Josie up from from daycare and I actually said no I I would like to um, that's really important to me first of all I'm I'm very anxious to see her. I certainly welcomed her into my arms and and hugged her extra tight, but again, didn't want her to think that anything was up. So I might have held her for a couple extra seconds, and then it was like, okay, let's go. And I remember fighting back tears. Um, I wanted to cry. I was just so relieved to see her and happy to see her. And I just realized how much I loved her. It was the worst day of my life. The first night, we started Googling um, his diagnosis, which was anencephaly. We weren't given a whole lot of information at the doctor's office, so we were just finding information online. Um, And um, that very first night, I had just found mention of organ donation, and that sort of piqued my interest, and it was like, oh, that's an interesting thought. We agreed that we wanted to wake up feeling good about our decision three days in a row before we committed to it. The seed that got planted when we had the initial discussion about organ donation was like, this could be, there could be a silver lining thing here happening. And so, I I mean, for me personally, that, that those two things, getting to meet him and maybe having something positive come out of a tragic situation was something that was, uh, that ultimately I think tipped the scales in favor of, you know, going full term with Noah and getting a chance to meet him. And even that wasn't a guarantee, but, um, in spite of everything sort of liked our odds and, and wanted to see <laughs> him and, and, uh, you know, take that risk and take that leap in that direction because, you know, we might as well make the most of the time that we had yeah. with him we wanted the delivery to be as normal as possible um and we we wanted it to be an exciting experience and we knew that we would be excited to meet him and we just decided that um not knowing and and having that little tiny bit of normalcy for the opportunity for us to hear it's a boy or it's a girl would would just be an exciting moment and a, a happy moment um, and a surprising moment. And and so everything was pretty normal. And so Adam gets to announce that it's a boy. They have like a little screen where you do, I've, I'm draped so that I can't see what's going on, but they hold him up um, to the screen on my drape so that I can see him. And... Um, The amount of relief that I felt in that moment, just that we had made it, I just can't describe that relief. It was just, I could finally take a deep breath. Um, 
there was so much leading up to that moment. Um, just wondering, you know, are we going to meet him alive or not? And what's it going to be like? I mean, we, we just didn't know. Um, and so for the, the surgery to go well and for him to just be pulled out and he was um, breathing on his own, um, I will never, ever forget the moment that um, he made a sound. We didn't know if we would ever hear our baby cry or make any sort of sound. And it wasn't necessarily a, a cry or a normal baby sound, but we heard him. It was just exciting that he had a voice um, and he used it. His hair was sort of auburn, so he probably had her hair. Um, he was fine. He was breathing on his own, but he was um, he was still a little blue. And Pretty purple, gray. Yeah, like his 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 breathing, his respiration wasn't great. I'm in there with my scrubs on, and they have me take my scrubs off, and I'm holding him skin to skin, trying to warm him up, and they're wrapping me in blankets and stuff, and I'm holding him. I mean, he's not upset. He's, you know, nobody's panicked, but, like, I just really wanted to be able to give him what he needed. And they they get her all situated, and they say, you know, do you want to hold him? <laughs> I'm, like, ready to give him to her. And, like, as soon as he hits her skin, like, he goes from blue to pink in, like, a matter of moments. Like, it was just this weird mother-baby bond thing that I just didn't have. And like I said, this is just another, you know, tick mark in the, this is her baby. Like, he needed her. Um, and, like, immediately was was fine. When we got back to our room, I mean, I don't know if we had two minutes alone. I was just so excited to share him with everybody and to show him off and um, we immediately invited. I was like, let everybody in. Come in. Come see him. Come meet him. Josie came to the hospital and got to meet him. She had picked out a little stuffed animal to give him um, prior to that day. So she came and tossed it up onto the bed <laughs> for him. And she got in bed with me and we all kind of snuggled. Um, so that evening for me, while she was sleeping and um, trying to recover, you know, I, I wanted to try to do some stuff to make memories and music occurred to me as something that he might enjoy. Like he had ears and it, you know, they don't have to be opened. They're, they're always listening. And so I pulled up Spotify or whatever and just started playing songs that came to mind, songs that my dad and I listened to growing up, songs like you know, Beethoven, just all over the map. Like, I just wanted him to hear what there was. And, um, and that was how we spent a couple hours that night. He just sat with me in my arms and I just, you know, you should hear this song. You should hear this song. You should hear this song. So his, his breathing all night, it was very regular. And he was making this sweet little cooing sound with every breath he took where it was just... Oh my gosh, I love this. And and there was just a moment where he couldn't get himself situated and we called in the nurse um and she 
seemed to know, and I think Adam and I picked up on um, her thoughts, and you know, maybe there were some parental instincts as well that um, the time was coming quickly. And the nurse said, and I th- and I think he had been, you know, being held by everybody. But she said, Kelly, do you want to hold him? And I said, yes. And she said, do you want me to unswaddle him so you can do some skin to skin again? And I nodded. I invited Adam to lay down next to me. We held him and we talked to him and we told him how much we loved him and how grateful we were that we got to meet him and that he was ours. He actually got back into a regular breathing pattern and, and we had told him, you know, if we don't want you to go, but if but if now is the time to go, then you have our blessings, sort of, you know, like you can go. You You've done everything that you came here to do. I can't really explain why it meant so much to me to be the one to to hand him off to the doctors. I think it was a little bit like he was mine, he was my responsibility, and I wanted to, um, you know, be there for him. Like I didn't want him to be alone with somebody else. Um, and I wanted to thank all of the people that were there to recover his organs so that he could, you know, leave this legacy and to help other people in his passing. And it was probably no more than 50 yards. I I remember trying to like really be present and aware of what was going on. And it still was much too short a walk. Like it just happened. It, It felt like I stepped out of the door and was immediately in the surgery center struggled and managed to say thank you all very much for what you're you're doing today and I think I said to take care of him and then they you know (laughs) lots of people just nodded um and you know I turned around and went back to the room and we just waited to hear how things went and um, they were incredibly respectful to to him and us though throughout that procedure and um Somebody from from Lifeline of Ohio had stopped in about halfway and said that things were going really, really great. And um, when it was all said and done, they successfully recovered his kidneys, his pancreas, his liver, his thymus, his intestines, and his lungs, and his trachea. Um, And all of those were able to be sent off to be used in in various research opportunities. but we've been reminded all along the way that um, his gifts for research are are no less important and, in fact, may in turn save hundreds, thousands of lives um, based on the outcome of, of, potential, of, of the research that, that these people are doing um, and that, are able, that they're able to do because of gifts like Noah's. Noah's a part of our lives every day still. We have pictures and we talk about him. And, um, but it was important to us that we would do something that we would be proud to share with Josie and that we are capable of making challenging decisions, right? Like she's capable of making these kinds of decisions. So, um, Yeah, to also inspire her. It's reassuring to know that, um, that he is out there helping people like that. Noah is actually participating in research that is, you know, trying to find a cure for type 1 diabetes. And so we have this, um, it is sort of turning into this direct correlation of um, just seeing the impact that he has, the p- 
potential to have. Just knowing that a whole new neonatal program exists at Lifeline of Ohio because of him, um, because of our efforts to to make sure that he was able to leave that type of legacy um, is overwhelming sometimes to, to think about his long-term impact. And not only has Lifeline of Ohio started this neonatal program, but they've now also started the placenta donation program, which was something that we had hoped to um, pursue, and it just wasn't in the cards um, when when I was pregnant with Noah, but they've now got this program up and running. And um, to think about all of the the healing that is going to take place thanks to that program is just astounding to to think about what one tiny little five pound five ounce baby <laughs> has the potential to to do this has been to be continued a podcast from lifeline of ohio produced in partnership with wessler media Production credits, Jessica Peterson and Patrick Klinger from Lifeline of Ohio's Public Relations team, and Sharon Sindridge, Director of Communications and Public Relations. This series was produced, mixed, sound designed, and voiced at the studios of Westler Media by me, Vince Tornero, with additional mastering by Joey Gerwin at Orange Judio. While this is the end of the episode, it's not the end of the story. Visit lifelineofohio.org to learn more, or visit the link in the show notes. Because when you register to become an organ, eye, and tissue donor, your legacy may allow someone else's life to be continued. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.